0: uh, stand please take your hymnals and turn to hymn number one we're going to sing all four verses of hymn number one rejoice the lord is king wonderful start. Come ahead, Pastor.
1: That's, that's the way to start out a new year right there. Amen. And uh, let's rejoice and sing unto our great God. He's still in control. Amen. And who knows, man, this could be the year he comes back. Amen. Could be today. Amen. I, I don't know. I wanted to preach tonight, but I guess I'd be all right with that. Amen. So what a blessing. Sure glad to see you here uh, this morning on a New Year's Day. And uh, I could think of no better way than to be in God's house and, and be around God's people to start the year out. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning, and as we do, let's certainly pray that God would uh, meet with us uh, this morning, but He is the everywhere present God, and so I wanted to ask, too, if we would remember uh, Brother Jack and Miss Lizzie Parker are, well, I guess formerly now our missionaries to Japan, amen? Uh, they are uh, presenting uh, the work uh, at First Baptist Church up in uh, missions, uh, mission, Kansas. And so appropriate city. Amen. For a missionary to be right. And, uh, so let's pray for them. Uh, but also the service, uh, today, uh, here at faith Baptist, I'm going to ask brother, uh, Alan Quinlan, if you would, uh, pray for us uh, this morning. amen. Why don't you be seated uh, this morning. Once again, it is good to see folks here. We got some folks out of town. We got some folks in town, and so glad uh, for that uh, this morning. I just really wanted to mention a couple of things uh, this morning, if I could. <clears throat> of course, uh, and I mentioned these in Sunday school, but back on the table there as you're heading out, uh, we do have the daily uh, Bible reading calendars out, and uh, of course, for this year. And so, uh, again, this is a great uh, little Bible reading uh, program It takes you through, and And uh, where you can read through the Old Testament, the New Testament twice, Psalms twice, and then Proverbs 12 times. And so I'd encourage you to get this. I just finished mine up yesterday and started the new one uh, this morning. And so looking forward uh, to being in God's Word this year and and a real blessing. Did also want to mention this as well and something that we've done the last uh, couple of years is uh, we've made a little bookmark uh, for basically it has all the, uh, you know, major activities and things that we do uh, throughout the year. Uh, as a uh, church body. And so I know sometimes people uh, like to plan out their year and uh, or even plan out their vacation time and things like that. And uh, I, know, uh, I know it's good that we don't want to miss these things. Amen. And so uh, if you'd like one of those, those are on the back table uh, as well. It does have our theme uh, for next year, or for this year, not next year, but this year. Uh, and uh, we'll be looking at that uh, next week. But our theme is loving people and preaching Christ. And uh, I'm looking forward uh, to dealing with that uh, next Sunday. But uh, anyways, those are available uh, on the back table. So as you head out this morning, if you don't have uh, both of these or one of these, make sure you grab, uh, grab it. So, Brother Tim, why don't you come ahead? Well,
0: if you would stand with me one more time, we'll uh, turn to hymn number 30. Hymn number 30, we're going to sing all four verses of All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. <clears throat>
2: All hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall, bring forth the royal. everlasting song and crown him lord of all the everlasting song
0: and crown him lord of all hymn number 50 go ahead and turn to hymn number 50 pardon me we'll sing all three verses of praise him praise him hymn number 50
2: Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. Sing, O earth, His wonderful love proclaim. Hail Him, hail Him, highest archangels in glory. Strength and honor give to His holy name. Like a shepherd, Jesus will guard His children. He carries them all day long. Praise Him, Jesus of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. For our sins He suffered and bled and died. Our rock, our hope of eternal salvation. Hail Him, Hail Him, Jesus the crucified. Sound His praises, Jesus who bore our sorrows, love unbounded, wonderful, deep, and strong. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness.
0: Praise Him, praise Him Ever in joyful song At this time, why don't you get around and say a good word to one another.
2: Excellent greatness Praise Him, praise Him Ever in joyful song On that third verse Praise Him, praise Him Jesus our blessed Redeemer Heavenly portals Loud with hosannas ring Jesus Savior Reigneth forever and ever And priest and king Christ is coming Over the world victorious Power and glory Unto the Lord belong Praise him, praise him Tell of his excellent greatness Praise him,
0: praise him Ever in joyful song Amen As men come for the offering I'd like to read to you from Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. Tells us, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Brother Jim Wisdom, would you pray for the offering this morning? standing with me one last time, turn to hymn number 278. We'll sing the first, the third, and the fifth verses. Hymn number 278, I am resolved.
2: I am resolved no longer to linger, Charmed by the world's delight. Things that are higher, things that are nobler, These have allured my sight.
0: wonderful singing this morning. You may be seated. This time we'll have a special by Miss Anna Quinlan.
3: But in the other room, Martha has so much to do. She's missing out on fellowship sweet. And I know I could be Martha all day. And let my chance to be with you slip away. I want to be merry for a while In all that I do Close the door to everything That keeps my heart from you Lord, I want to rest here And feel heaven's smile I want to be merry for a while proud of me, with lots to do in places I must be, but yet I need this time to refresh my heart and mind, your presence, Lord, is just what I need. Because I know I could be Martha all day Let my chance to be with you slip away I want to be merry for a while In all that I do Close the door to everything that keeps my heart from you. Lord, I want to rest here and feel heaven smile. I want to be merry for a while. Draw me nearer, draw me nearer, precious Lord. For a while,
1: that's a blessing. It's amazing how the Lord just kind of puts the music all together for the message. Amen. And uh, man, I'm telling you, what a what a good what a good spiritual goal uh, right now to make is to. Be much more like Mar- or uh, Mary, and being at the feet of the Lord Jesus a lot more often than what we are. Amen. Yeah. And uh, what a blessing this morning. Well, <clears throat> I said I wasn't going to preach a New Year's message Wednesday night. Some of y'all started praying, <clears throat> and so uh, I guess we're going to preach a New Year's message this morning. So, and I'm not I'm not bitter about it, but I'm bitter about it. No, I'm just kidding. I, I think it's good. I I believe it'll be a help uh, to us uh, this morning. So. Let's all stand in honor of God's Word, if you're able to stand, and I want to invite you to Matthew and and chapter number 5, certainly what I would say is a very familiar passage of the Sermon on the Mount, but also a very familiar uh, text that we're going to look at. I mean, in fact, we had preached through the book of uh, Matthew, I guess it's probably been about three or four years now. I think this was really the first full <clears throat> book that I preached through when I became the pastor uh, here, and... Well, I guess this uh, end of this month, beginning of February, it'd be five years. Some of you are like, man, that's been has been a long time. And some of you are like, wow, that went fast. I would hope there'd be more of that. Than, but it has been a blessing. Amen. But uh, just amazing uh, how time flies. But just felt like this would be where the Lord would have us. And we'll explain some things here uh, in just a little bit. But look at Matthew chapter five. Let's look at verse number one. And the Bible says this, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into the mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying. And of course, this begins the Beatitudes here. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then he says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit The earth, And this is where I want to just kind of stay with this morning because he says this. He says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now hopefully you're kind of getting the idea as to why we would kind of just kind of camp right here. Because this is what I would say to you as a child of God this morning. That if you have any type of maybe spiritual goal that you want to challenge yourself with this year to which I would say we should amen. then I think really it it falls if I could say it like this under the umbrella of righteousness amen. and so maybe it'd be good this morning if we would hunger and thirst after it father would you bless the preaching this morning and have your will and way in Jesus name amen this morning you may be seated May be seated, so said hunger and thirsting after it, and the, just sucked the air right out of the room hey amen you're already thinking about ham or something like that on new year 's day all right but let 's get some spiritual food first, all right. I do want to say this right up front and and let me explain it before you go into panic mode, but uh, hopefully you will understand this, but i i don't I am not a fan of Making New Year's resolutions with God about our overall life in general, okay. And, and let me kind of explain that because it's kind—it's of, basically saying this: it shouldn't take us—it shouldn't take a holiday, all right, or the start of a new year for us to surrender as God's people and start obeying Him. Is that fair to say? And hopefully, I, and, and, and really, there's a couple of reasons for that. I I would say to you, one is the because of the stigma of New Year's resolutions. And most all of us, we we know this. When you when you say things like New Year's resolutions, we we call them resolutions, but really we they should be called interim changes. All right, because you know interim, temporary. Because typically, typically speaking, we go back to what we were doing before the new year. By the time uh, February February rolls around, this is a you know if you're a. You know, I guess what they would call a gym rat or somebody that goes to the gym all year long. This is the common joke that, that, that circulates among them because January, January is the busiest month of the year for, for local gyms because, you know, all of the New Year's resolutions, but by February, things go back to normal. And be a fact, those that typically go to the gym year-round, they don't go in the month of January. They wait till everybody quits by February, then they go back to the gym. All right. So, uh, you know, the resolution crowd has to clear out. Anyways, I hope you. Hopefully, you catch the irony there of resolution. All right, and and you get all of that, and and please don't. You know don't man I knew you were going to come in here and be all negative and and I, don't don't misunderstand me because if you have some kind of, of physical resolution that you've made this year to to lose weight or or change an unhealthy lifestyle to quit smoking meat that's that's not happening right now I can brother wills going nope that's not on my road. All right, but what what I'm saying I'm not trying to discourage you or anything like that. In fact, I have I have my own. I I said this in Sunday school. I I went to Andy's frozen custard this past weekend, and I started eating healthy. I had strawberries and bananas on it. Amen. And trying to start out the new year. All right. No, no, no. I'm, I I do want to say this. I I hope that you stay with it and and you do succeed and all of that. But I'm just saying what I'm trying to get across to you is this. And please catch this. We have a tendency to be a people of good intentions, but who don't actually follow through. And what I'm saying to you is this, is that when it comes to spiritual things, that also tends to be the case. And what I'm trying to get across to you this morning is this, is that our God deserves better than that. You understand? And that really kind of brings me to the second reason why. And again, it shouldn't take a holiday, all right, or or a new year for you to commit to following God in your life. What should motivate us to follow God would be the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary and the salvation that we have in Him. Because He loved us and gave Himself for us, we ought to automatically love Him and give ourselves for Him. That should be what motivates And it should be resolute. It should be permanent. Biblical Christianity is not a phase of life that you go through for a month or six weeks or or six months and then you go back to the old life. No, my friend, it is a new life that you now live under the Lord Jesus Christ until He comes for you or He calls you home. That's what biblical Christianity... Listen, this is the way I've always said it. When it comes to our Christian life in general, it ought to be like Joshua's great statement where he said where he said, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on that side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's the way it ought to be for the child of God. Somebody say amen this morning. Friend, that's, that's, that's resolute. I mean, you, you understand from that verse that it doesn't matter to Joshua what other people think or the direction that other people are going or what they're saying about the things of God. Friend, Joshua was going to serve God. You get the idea that Joshua's kids didn't wake up on Saturday mo- or Sunday morning or come to him Saturday night going, Dad, are we going to church tomorrow? No, that was already decided in Joshua's house. He had already laid it out and said, we're going to serve God and we're going to be faithful and we're going to be in the house of God and we're going to walk with God and it doesn't matter all of those things. Please catch this. Didn't take a new year for Joshua to decide that. You know what it took? It it took God working in his life and through his life and because of what God did in and through Joshua, Joshua had determined, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to be faithful to God. I'm going to live for God because of who God is. That's why. That's why we ought to serve God. That's why we ought to be faithful unto God. Friend, it's because of our salvation that we have in Jesus Christ that should motivate us and call us to live the Christian life. But at the same time, I also understand this. This is not to say that we can't challenge ourselves spiritually. Folks, I think we ought to challenge ourselves spiritually. I, I think we ought to. I, I think we could We could, and we should do those things. And maybe you're here this morning and thinking, man, I, I should. I, I should challenge myself and I should set some goals for the new year. Decide to do some things. Maybe you're here this morning and you heard about the Bible reading calendar and you say, man, I've been a Christian and, and, and for how long? And I, I don't know, but maybe you've been a Christian a certain amount of time. And you say, saying this, I've never read the Bible all the way through in a year. I want to do it this year. Good, do it. We ought to do it. Come on, you ought to be in the Bible. You ought to be in the Word of God. And, and going through the Bible, man, what a blessing that is. I'm thankful, man, that I can look back and I, you know, in the last several years, I've, I've read the Bible every year. I don't know how many times. Brother Ken Hogan always keeps up with all that stuff. I don't remember how many years I got. But I got enough. I got plenty And I'm going to keep doing it this year because it's amazing that you can read the Bible all the way through and you can come across a passage you've read, you you know, dozens of times and all of a sudden it just jumped out and you go, whoa, it did that to me the other day. Man, I was reading in Proverbs and I think it was chapter 24 or 26 or something like that and there was a passage that I had always struggled with and the interpretation of it and man, it was like God just spoke and I was like, hmm. And I didn't have nobody to preach to it's a bummer. That's because God was preaching to me. Maybe you're here this morning and say, you know, I've, preacher, I've noticed I've been kind of getting a little slack in my church attendance, and I hadn't been in my place like I should, and you know, this year, and I've missed some services, and and I'm really, you know, and I'm, I'm I'm seeing the consequences of that in my life. And so this year I want to be faithful and i I want to I want to commit and serve the Lord and, and I want to be in the house of God when the doors listen, let me help you with this. You should. Come on, it's it's commanded and it's part of obedience unto God and, and and no 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 not not that I'm I'm saying it but but because God said it Amen. that we would not uh, not forsake the assembling of ourselves as the manner of, of some is, but we, we, would, we would assemble ourselves together, and so much the more as you see the, the, the Lord, the day approaching. Friend, I'm telling you, we're getting closer and closer and closer to the day when the Lord returns, yet it's crazy that we're watching God's people get further and further away from the things of God when we ought to be drawing nigh unto God. And be more faithful and more, more committed. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and say, man, preacher, I, you, you know, I, haven't, I haven't ever given to the tithe or I've never been part of Faith Promise Missions and, and I want to do that this year. Good, jump in. Come on, right now. And start and be a part of those things. Maybe you're here this morning. This, this was something I challenged my life in, even this week. Maybe you're here this morning saying, I want to grow in my prayer life. Amen. You know what my thought was this week? My thought has been this. I want to start praying bigger because I serve a big God. I think sometimes in my own life, how true it is what James said, you have not because you ask not. And I'm just telling you, I, I think this that we just get, you know, too mundane about everything. Whether it be even Bible reading and prayer time, friend. And we've got to get back to that seriousness of seeking God. And, and praying with God and spending more time with God, being that, being that Mary that was just sung about rather than the Martha that's so busy and cumbered about with many cares. Boy, we're living in those days, aren't we? Where people are just busy, 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 busy. Why don't we seek the face of God this year and draw nigh unto Him? Listen to the list. The list could go on and on. We could sit here this morning and talk as a church body about having goals this year and, and man, seeing people saved or, or, or wanting to see the Lord grow the church, whether it be spiritually or numerically or whatever the case may be. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you're here as a child of God and you say, I want to win somebody to the Lord this year. Man, that's a great one right there to have a burden for somebody praying for them and wanting to witness to them and see them be safe this year. Maybe maybe it's another burden where you've got in your life and you want to see the Lord work in. Maybe it's a victory over something that's in your life that's been a hindrance to your spiritual growth. The point is this. These are all good things and things we should do. Things we should challenge ourselves in. But this is what I want you to catch this morning. See, as I was thinking about this and praying about uh, all of this, it's, it's verse 6 that the Lord put uh, on my heart because really, it's kind of like this. Everything that we just thought about, about challenging ourselves with, it falls under that umbrella of righteousness. All of these things are right. All of these, that's what, that's what righteousness means. But here's the thing, watch this, catch this. But in order, in order for these things to be something Something that we chase after throughout the year and even in the years to come versus given up in February. Don't you think we ought to hunger and thirst after them? See? He says this, blessed are the are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be <clears throat> for they shall be filled. I do want to stop here and just say this, I think before we go any further really, I want to address something here. And what I mean by that in particular is the audience to whom Jesus was speaking to. You know, many of us know this to be the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, as mentioned earlier. But I want you to notice, go back with me to verses 1 and 2 and see this because it says, "...and seeing..." And seeing the multitudes, He went up into the mountain. When, when He was set, His disciples came unto Him, and He opened His mouth and, and taught them. And so it's the idea here of this, that Christ, you know, they didn't have, you know, microphones and things like that back in those days. So He went up on the side of a mountain. But also notice this, that He calls His disciples unto Him. And then in verse 2 it says, "...and He opened His mouth." And taught them. now you understand, the them there is talking about the disciples from verse number one. You understand. Listen, listen, I, I realize you get to the end of the Sermon on the Mount in chapter number seven, and you'll see where the multitude, the multitude were there, and they heard all of these things. In fact it says, they were astonished at his doctrine. They acknowledged, they acknowledged that he spoke as one with authority. that's because he does have authority. He 's got all authority. He's God in the manifested in the flesh. Somebody say amen. But, but you understand, watch this, though, though the multitude heard Him, they were not the primary audience, the disciples were the primary audience. That's why this has rightly been dubbed Discipleship 101 in the Sermon on the Mount. How true that is. Now here's, here's why this is so, this is why it's so necessary to point this out. Because when you start talking about the subject of righteousness, righteousness is doing that which is right. And this is a subject for disciples. But watch this. You, you, you cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ unless you've first been saved by Jesus Christ. And this is what i found, this is what I found that happens sometimes in ministry. All right? is what happens is you hit, you hit New Year's Day and, and people start wanting to make spiritual goals in their life, all right? Things like, well, you know, I, I haven't been baptized, so I want to get baptized this year. Or, you know, I, I, I want to start, you know, I want to join the church this year. Or I want to start giving them by tide this year. Or, or, you know what, I, you know what I, I just want to turn over a new leaf and, and really just start living for God. Now watch this. And what they're doing is they're deciding to do all of those things, but yet they've never humbled themselves and repented and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Is everybody catching this? That's, that's what we'd call in the South, getting the cart before the horse. Because here's what I'm trying to get across to you, is that while all of those things are well and good, please catch this, those things aren't going to make a hill of beans in the light of eternity if you haven't done the one thing that God requires of you to do, which is to call upon the Lord Jesus Christ in salvation. That's where, that's where righteousness starts. And, and here's the thing. The, the thing is this. It's not about you doing your own righteousness or your own work to achieve this righteousness or to be made right with God. Friend, the work has already been done for you in Jesus Christ when He died on the cross and shed His blood and then was buried and then rose again the third day. That's the work that was done for us to be saved. And now what God says is that you and I must humble ourselves and repent and turn from who we are and our sin and put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ to be saved. That's where righteousness starts right there. It's not about you Having your own righteousness, it's about you being clothed with His righteousness. Because here's what Isaiah said. He said, all our righteousnesses, they are as filthy rags. You know what that means? That means this. There's no water that's going to get you to eternity. Especially not Kansas water. Hey, wait a minute. I'm I'm offended by that. All right, Missouri water. How's that? Let's start a state war here, amen? There's no water. You can't put water where the blood's supposed to be. And there's no money that you can pay to buy your way in. There's no church that you join that has the authority to grant you eternal life. No, my friend, there's only one that rose from the dead that bears the authority to give eternal life. And His name is Jesus Christ. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Friend, it's all by faith. It's not by works, lest any man should boast. It's a gift of God, friend and God wants you to be saved, that's where righteousness starts. That's why Christ came. For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. And then once you get saved, now watch this, then once you get saved and you get clothed with His righteousness, that's when you begin to desire and hunger and thirst after righteousness in your own life. Look at let me let me just let's dive into this this morning here. That was all free and introductory. Amen. Look at verse number six here. He says, "Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they sh- shall be filled." And and so the I, I want to give you just kind of the the definition here. Explain a little more deeper as to as to what this means. And I, I would say to you, I would say in its simplest form, it just simply means this: to seek God. I mean, after all, He's the righteous one. Right? But, but, but what is interesting to note here, and the reason that I wanted to read all of these other beatitudes that precede it, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are they that mourn, blessed are, uh, are the meek, because really, it, it's almost like all of these four beatitudes, they, they flow together in our relationship with God. In other words... You, you know we need to have some poor in spirit and, and some brokenness and then, and then some mourning well what is that mourning over sin and, and some meekness some some lowly low estimate of ourselves, some lowliness in and humility and, and then one of the results will be this that we will hunger and thirst after righteousness In fact in fact James James gives a very similar pattern here. Go with me to, just hold your place there in, in Matthew, and go with me to James chapter 4 just quickly with me. <clears throat> James chapter 4. I always, always like this little passage here, and uh, it's just been a real blessing to me over the years. I've, you know, I have a little problem with Pride. I'm sure you don't, but I do. Uh, sarcasm. My other spiritual gift. Look at what he says. It's pretty interesting here. Watch this pattern. Okay, look at, look at verses 1 through 3. Look, watch this. He says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? That sounds like a bunch of Baptists right there, doesn't it? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war... In your members, you lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you have not because you ask not. You, you listen, listen, that that is that is a frustrated life. Isn't it? Come on, he's, he's writing to believers that are frustrated. And look at what he says in verse number 3, because at the end of verse number 2, he says, you have not because you ask not. So then he brings up their prayer life, and he says this, you ask and receive not, Because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. And so here's the idea. These are some Christians that are very carnal and they're frustrated in their walk with God. And look at what he says in verse number 4 because, well, now the Baptist preacher comes out in James. And he doesn't pull any punches, does he? He says, ye adulterers and adulteresses. Boy, we'd all got up and walked out right then, wouldn't we? I can't believe he called me that. But he's talking spiritually. And he says, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy with God? Listen, you it doesn't, what he's saying is this. Don't, don't you understand? It doesn't work that way? That you can't live according to the lust of your flesh, but yet still have the grace and the blessings and the goodness of God in, in your life? It's like, man, you're you're contrary to the things of God. Look at what he says in verse number five. He says, do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, the Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth the envy? In other words, you follow your flesh. That's exactly where you're going to go. But look at verse number 6. He says, but he giveth more grace. Aren't you glad for that? And he says, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He giveth grace unto the humble. So here's what he says, all right? So here's his advice, all right? Actually, here's his instruction. That's a better term. Because it's really not optional, is it? Advice is optional, but commandments are not. And so here's what he says. Now look at verse number 7. He says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. If I could say it like this, that's kind of like being poor in spirit. Humbling yourself and submitting yourself to God. Getting, Getting broken and poor in your spirit and who you are before God. Now what? Watch, look, look down, look down at verse number. Look at verse number nine here. I know I skipped verse eight, but bear with me. I'm coming back. He says, "Be afflicted and mourn." There it is, mourn right there, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. And so, it's the idea of what what Christ said in the Sermon on the Mount: "Blessed are they that mourn." He's not. He's talking about mourning over sin. He's talking about mourning over, over, over our, our walk and where, where we're not right with our God. And then in verse number 10, he says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. And to me, that's kind of like meekness and again, humility, poor in spirit. But notice verse number 8 that I skipped. He says, Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. You know what he's saying? He's saying this. You need to develop an appetite for righteousness. Where the audience of James was double-minded. Do you understand Do you understand what that means? Double-minded. It means this. Please catch this. It means that they had one foot in the world and they were trying to have one foot in the things of God. And they were frustrated. You know why? Because it doesn't work that way.
0: Yeah,
1: and you know what James is saying? He's saying this. Get one foot out of the world amen. and put both feet in the things of God. Amen. Go all in. Friend, get rid of the junk that's in your life and get after the things of God and follow Him. Amen. That's, that's what He's talking about. That's, that's what He's saying. And that's exactly... That's exactly, if you will. That's what it means to hunger into thirst after righteousness. If we'll take the one foot out of the world and put both feet in for God and draw nigh unto Him, He'll draw nigh unto us. Yeah. You know what I found is that He's still faithful to that verse. Right. He's still faithful. But you know, to hunger and thirst, it speaks of the two strongest desires of the natural man. Oh, yeah. Therefore, this is not an aspiration or a good intention, or an interim change that runs out in February. Did you catch that? It is a longing and a desire that precedes all others, even the natural desires of literal food and water. It moves us to fasting, to praying, to separating ourselves from the wickedness of the world in an attempt to, to seek the face of God. If I could say it like this, it flies right in the face of contemporary Christian today, contemporary Christianity, and their false theology that tells man, you can have God and you can have your worldliness too. My friend, listen to me. No, you can't. You cannot. No, friend. And here's why. You, you cannot, listen, listen, you cannot separate the God of this Word from the Word of God. You can't separate it, my friend. And I'm just telling you, here's the thing. What, what, do, you, what, what do you mean? Well, here's the deal. We're talking about the subject of righteousness. How do we know what is right? How do we know what God demands of us? The Bible. What in the world are we thinking? It's thinking this, we can have the world and we can have God too. No, my friend, you've got to take both feet and listen, put them all in for God and surrender to Him. And boy, I'm telling you, when you draw nigh unto Him, He'll draw nigh unto you. That's the idea. Oh, and, oh yeah, yeah. By the way, I like what it says in Matthew. Blessed are they that do happy. Some of you need a hunger and thirst after righteousness. (laughs) This is interesting, though, to point this out. Listen to this. It doesn't use the word happy here because here's why. Happy is based on happenings. It uses the word blessed here because it is the joy and happiness bestowed on the child of God when they genuinely seek Him. It's kind of like this message that we heard Wednesday night in 1 John, where John talks about how he had spent time with the Savior. I mean, we beheld him as the words of life. He was right there. John was the one that laid his head on the chest of the Lord Jesus at the supper. He's like, man, we were there. We were there. I was with him, I was close to him. He's one of the inner three. And John said, This then is the message that we heard from him, talking about Jesus. And here's what Jesus said about God God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. Amen. Did you catch that? Mm. Oh, come on. Don't make me turn there to first John chapter 1. Listen to what he says. If we say then that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. And what He's saying is this, you cannot live in sin, but yet still claim to be in right fellowship with God. You're lying to those around you. And the truth of the matter is, you're lying to yourself because it does not work that way. But if we'll walk in the light, as He is in the light, We can have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. You know what he's saying? He's saying this, that if you've got one foot in the world and trying to have one foot in the things of God, there's this frustration and this friction. But if you'll take that foot out of the world and put both feet in the things of God, you can have fellowship with God and draw nigh unto Him and He'll draw nigh unto you. Okay, so how do we do that? Well, aren't you glad for 1 John 1, 9 that if we'll confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness? Amen. Oh, come on, friend. That's exactly what He's saying. That if you'll just take the foot out and make the decision to go all in with God and to seek Him, my friend, I'm telling you, that's where the blessings are at. Amen. Oh, and make, no! come on. Doesn't it say... That at the beginning of all of that, John says these things we write unto you, that your joy may be full. Isn't it amazing how it all goes together? Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness. Happy. Joyful. Why? Because you got both feet all in for God and God's blessing your life. That's where the real joy is at. That's where the real satisfaction is at. Friend, I'm telling you, it's not by having one foot in the world and one foot in the things of God or both feet in the world. It's by going all in for the things of God. Oh, come on, man. What do you, what do you think John came up with this stuff? Well, I think he came up with it from Jesus who said this in John 15, 10 and 11. If you keep my commandments, there it is again, commandments. I don't like that word. Well, it's in there. He says, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. (laughs) You want to know why so many of God's people seem so miserable? it's because they got one foot in the world and one foot in the things of god and they're trying to do their thi- they're they're trying to do things their own way yet inwardly they are discontented they are frustrated because what they truly need can't be found out there it can only be found in him And to be satisfied in Him means this. You've got to go all in. Well, what does that mean? That means you've got to get poor in spirit. Yeah? You've got to get some meekness and some lowliness about you and mourn over some things and then hunger and thirst after righteousness. And that sounds pretty good, preacher, but how do I do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because there is... I mean, there's... Listen, there's a direction here. In other words, okay, so... Man, that, that all sound how do I how do I get that desire to do that? Because hmm, I know I'm gonna to have to ask you to be honest with yourself in church. Sarcasm again. Sorry. I didn't, I gotta warn you before I get. <laughs> be, be honest with yourself. Because here's the thing those of us that are saved. There are periods of time where we do experience this hunger and thirsting after righteousness, but there are periods of time where we don't. Okay, so so <clears throat> so how do we get this? Because I listen. I, I, I'm afraid of this. This is what this is what bothers me. This is probably one of the things about God's people that burdens me more than anything in ministry. Is that we have too many who are content in their own apathy, and it shouldn't be that way. It really shouldn't. It, it should be that we would that we would hunger and thirst after after righteousness. Because so so here's here's the thing. So so what happens? How how come we don't have the, this desire that that we should? Well, here's what I would say is that. It goes back to the old principle. It's hard to be hungry for one thing when you filled up on something else. Yeah. For now this is my my kids and you know when they were you, you know the older ones were growing up and and even the boys still now man he's, which he's hungry all the time I don't but I can remember it you know it would be you know about three four o'clock in the afternoon Dad I'm starving to death. And I listen, honestly, I'm, I'm, still, I'm 47 and I'm still like that sometimes. Starving to death. And this is what we have to say as parents. Don't eat a bunch of junk and fill up on that and then you don't eat supper. Because it's amazing how fast a full bag of potato chips can just disappear. And you're just sitting there and eating and watching ESPN or whatever. At the bottom. Then well now that I'm there I might as well eat the crumbs, amen. <laughs> I mean you're I'll wait till nine to eat supper, I guess, nine o'clock. What so. what I'm saying to you is this, that's, that's really what happens to us. We we don't hunger and thirst after righteousness like we should because we're so we're so filled up on the stuff of this world. I mean, I mean, think about it, friend. Think, think. Look, just, just, just let me give you one, just one simple example. Think, think about the times that you come into the house of God, okay? And you stayed up late on Saturday night. Probably not the day to preach that, right? <laughs> so, but you stayed up late. You know, watching TV, whatever, playing video, whatever, whatever it is you do. All right, probably things you may not should be doing. But you stay up late doing that junk. And then you come into the house of God the next morning. You you're not prayed up. You're not ready. You come in and sit in the thing, you know, in the church, and you know. I know he's yelling, but I can I can sleep through this. And uh, <laughs> it's amazing. People have a gift. I'm telling you. Mine's sarcasm. Your's ability is sleep while I'm yelling. I don't. I've become white noise to you. That's not good. All right. I don't know, this, none of this is in my notes, I'm sorry. So, where we're going with this. No, 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 but think about the times that you come in like that. And I've, listen, I've even seen people make that their habit. And it even gets to the place where they come and you go, you know, preacher, we're just not being fed here. And this is what I've said, I can set the table, but I can't make you eat. That's right. And I, you mark it down, friend, we're going to set the table. Amen you're going to, I'm just telling you, we're going to preach the doctrine and the Bible Amen. and we're not going to hymn haw around and, you know, I mean, wait till we get back into Romans in chapter number 7. You may want to miss that one because it's going to be a tough one. Some of you are like, I don't have no idea what he's like. Just go home and read Romans chapter 7. You go, oh, yeah. That's... Well, we're going to preach it. So I can set the table, but friend, I can't make you eat. But now, now watch this. And you contrast that where you come in and go out and it's almost like punching a time clock and you're not getting anything from the things of God. But contrast that to those times where you are genuinely seeking the Lord. And you get to bed at a decent time on Saturday night and you get up early on Sunday morning and you spend time in God's Word and you spend time in prayer and you're begging God to speak to you and you come into the house of God and it's almost like the preacher's been reading your mail. And i got news for you. I don't read my mail. I ain't reading yours. (laughs) And God gets a hold of your heart. You might even come to an old-fashioned altar, heaven forbid, and do some worshiping towards God and some praising with God and getting right with God. Is everybody catching this? You want to know what the two differences are? What the difference is? The difference is this. Instead of you eating a bag of chips the night before and getting all that junk food in you, you came hungry to the house of God
2: and got the steak and potato.
1: What I'm saying to you is this, friend. You, you fill up your heart and mind with the junk of this world. You're not going to hunger and thirst after that which is right. So here, here's the thing. If you want to develop that appetite, then turn the TV off. <gasps> yeah, it's okay. That's right. You can find out who won the Chiefs game next week. I think God's a little more important than
2: that.
1: Turn the, turn the radio off. Turn the, turn the Facebook off. And the social media. And all the junk of this world. No, 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 no. And I'm, I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to me. Turn it off. Turn it off, friend. And, and, and listen, and when you get all that stuff out, all of a sudden you'll you'll have room to put in the good things. This is what I know. This is what I know in my life is that if I want an appetite for the things of God, then I've got to get to a place where I'm sick of that. Wow. Amen. And I put it out of my life. And I hunger and thirst after Him. Okay, so what's in it? What's in it for us, preacher, if we do that? Well here's what he says. Well yeah, blessed. You'll be happy. Some of you need to smile. You ain't smiled in years. <laughs> New Year's resolution. I'm gonna to smile today.
3: <laughs>
1: Somebody you ain't even laughing at that, I man. You're like, I oh, ain't funny, I'm not now. <laughs> As we would say in the South, bless your heart. <laughs> Where was I at? Oh, yeah, I was at blessing. Here's what he says. He says, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Listen to this. For they shall be filled. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, I, I mean, we could say filled with Him, filled with the Spirit. We could say, man, you start hunger and thirst after righteousness, you start doing what God wants you to do, your life will be filled up with the things of God. But here's really what I think it means. I think it means this, you'll be really satisfied. Yeah, Amen. I love that psalm. It's our family verse. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. You know why? Because He is. Amen. But in order for you to really understand that, you've got to get one foot out of that world and put both feet in the things of God. Amen. Blessed are they, that hunger and thirst. after. God. Can I ask you something? How's your appetite this morning? Not, not physical things. I'm talking about spiritual You want to challenge yourself this year? Good. But let's get a hunger and a thirsting for it. And let's seek the face of God. Let's all stand this morning.